Today's daf is for Aaron bin Miriam. We are learning daf Chaf Beis Amid Aleph. We are smack in the middle of a problem. The Gemara has a kasha. The kasha is that we can't figure out where Rabbi Yudah's position is. Rabbi Yudah in the Mishnah allows somebody to to not only to think about benching his balkari, but even to recite the bracha of Amos and recite benching afterwards. So it sounds like it's just Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda just categorically rejects the idea of Tfilas Ezra. He doesn't hold that it's a problem at all. However, we see from another place, from another Mishnah, that in fact it implies that Rabbi Yudah does agree that a balkari is not supposed to learn Torah. So which one is it? So we are on Chav Beis Amid Aleph, the second line down. At the end of the line, the Gemara says, Lotim El Mahara. Maybe when Rabbi Yudah in the Mishnah was saying that the Balkari says, says the Hamotzi as well as Berkas Hamazon, he didn't mean they should actually enunciate the words. He was just saying they should think it. So they shouldn't actually say it because they're Balkari. Rabbi, Kiva, Rabbi Yehuda concedes to the point that a Balkari is not supposed to say Torah. Rabbi Yehuda's point was just so they could think in Torah. So it comes out that the Machlokas is, uh, Tanakama holds, once it's only her, there's only point in, in being Mahara in benching, but not for Hamotzi. And Rabbi Yehuda is saying you should even be Mahara in benching. Now the Gemara challenges that the answer is not true. Immediately the Rabbi Yehuda error is it true? The Rabbi Yehuda holds of error. Vahatanya, it says in the price of Balkari, she's in the Balkari doesn't have water, so what could he do if he hasn't gone to the mikvah? Kori kriya shema, he could do a kriya shema, but not the brachas before and after. And he could bench, but not do amotzi. And this that he does kriya shema and and benching is only through thought, not through speech. Mayor is like the position of the Tanakhama and the Mishnah that through here he does shema and. Through here, he does Shema and benching, but everything else he doesn't even bother doing here for. Now, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Benkach, Benkach, Motzi, Bisfasaf. No, for benching, he says it black and white. He, he, right here in the Brides, Rabbi Yehuda says that he, articula- he articulates it with his lips. So now we have a huge problem. On the one hand, we see Rabbi Yehuda saying that, the, that he could recite brachos with his lips. On the other hand, we had the implication from the other Mishnah yesterday that Rabbi Yehuda. Um, Concedes that a Balkari is supposed to go to the mikvah. So if he's supposed to go to the mikvah, how is he reciting brachas? So the Gemara gives a resolution. Yehuda treats brachos not as real learning of Torah, but just as like learning simple laws of Darachares. So Hilchos Darachares is actually in Masechta. It's in the back of uh, Masechta's Id, uh, Horios and Idios. You can find it. And it's like kind of like a Pirkei Yavah. It's very simple, straightforward. Uh, uh, laws of modesty. So because of that, it's not like deep, deep, deep in-depth kind of learning. And that's why Rabbi Yehuda is saying that a Balkari can learn something like that because even though he's restricted from learning Torah, it's only like Torah in-depth. But simply learning the laws of Darach is okay. So Rabbi Yehuda holds that making a bracha is like that. It's not really in-depth Torah learning. So therefore, Rabbi Yehuda allows, even though he agrees a Balkari needs to be less Ezra, but a Balkari is still allowed to recite like a bracha. He can't daven. Um, he can't, you know, learn, but just simply to to do something like recite brachos that are from from the Rabbanon, there Rabbi Yehuda agrees that a person uh, that that the Balkari is able to do such a thing. Where do we see this idea that about that that we can be lenient depending on what type of Torah the Balkari is learning? Tanya says in Rishon, the pasuk says, "You should teach your grandchildren Torah." It says right afterwards in the pasuk, "The day that you stood in front of Hashem at Har Sinai." So this was the source. Just as when you stood in front of our Sinai, it was with trepidation and awe. So do Torah has to be learned with trepidation. So trepidation means that you're in a state of being serious. And a Balkari is a contradiction to being serious because seeing Kerry came about through frivolous activity, not necessarily bad activity. It's not necessarily a sin, but it's Kalos Rosh, it's lightheadedness. 
So the point that the Gemara, so, so that's the point of Balkari is that why he's supposed to go to the mikvah is to make himself into a serious mode. At any rate, so from here, Mikan Amar, here says the bride, so here we derive Hazavim, it's Ram and people who are just ordinarily tuma, have Tuma, someone who happened within Nida, or Zavrim, it's Sorah, that's just plain Tuma, Mutar, and the Kurs, Batar, Nevi'im, Uvaxuvim, they can learn all sorts of Torah. Scripture, Nevi'im, Ksuvim, Lishnos, but Mishnah, Gemara, learn Mishnah, Gemara, Halachas, Vagados, all sorts of things. Abu Balkarian, but about Balkari is Asr. Because that's the difference. It's not the tumah that stops you from learning. The concept is the lightheadedness. So a Balkari deal goes to the mikvah is not allowed to learn. And the tonic sounds like he's not allowed to learn anything. Rabbi Yossi Omar Regilas. He's able to learn Mishnayas that he frequently says over. In other words, if he knows them very frequently, he says them with great frequency. So it's not really in-depth learning, so he's allowed to do that. But actually at CSM Mishnah, as long as he doesn't elaborate in-depth shot in the Mishnayas. He can elaborate even on Mishnayas as long as he doesn't elaborate on Gemara. Even elaborate in depth for a Gemara. As long as when, he, when the Pesukim come up in the Gemara, he doesn't recite Hashem's name. So there's so many different opinions here. The student, the disciple of Rabbi Akiva says the name of Rabbi Akiva. He shouldn't expound any Medrash. He can't even go in. Forget about reciting the words out loud. He can't even be in the study hall. We don't even let him in. Finally, the opinion that we're interested in, despite the fact that he can't learn any regular learning, he could learn the simple Masafta like Mesafta that's so not in depth. Maisa, the Brisa says, with Rabbi Yehuda Shirakar, he once saw him uh, as an old mission. He's by a river man. Amalotamid of a student says, Rabbi, we shouldn't learn Perakabal Kostarakaretz. They knew he's Balkari, but they said, hey, teach us something in Kostarakaretz, because that's your opinion that uh, you're allowed to do that in your Balkari. First he went to the mikvah and then he taught them. So Amrulo, they didn't understand. Didn't you teach that you're allowed to teach even when you're about carry? So why'd you go to the mikvah first? He said, Yes, I'm being mikvah for other people. For myself, my own personal practice, I'm stringent. So that concludes, there are, as we, the summary is there are so many different opinions about what a Balkari is restricted from. But the, suffice it to say that Rabbi Yehuda's leniency, that he's allowed to recite Barachos, is based upon his leniency that he's allowed to learn Hilchos Darach Eretz, and things that aren't actual in-depth learning is okay. That's the understanding of Rabbi Yehuda allows him to enunciate uh, the Hamotzi and Berkat HaMazon afterwards. Okay. So until now, we've been discussing how everybody agrees to Tfilas Ezra, but the question is just what it restricts you from. So now, the Gemara brings a dissenting view. Tanya reviews them in Maseira Omer. Ein divrei Torah mekabalin Tomah. A Balkari is allowed to do whatever he wants. Allowed to learn any Torah. Because Torah is not mekabal Tomah. It's above that. There's once a Tamad, I guess he was a Balkari, Rashi says, and he was like, you know, trying to be Megamgim. Started through the words and not really say the words of Torah because he was prohibited from saying the words of Torah. And in front of Rabbi Yudah Maseir, Amalei Bini, my son, Psach Picha, enunciate the words clearly. Let your words shine. Shein, Devay Torah, Makabal, and Toma. Words of Torah, and Amakabal, Toma. You can say them as much as you want. Shinemar, Halakol, Devarai, Keishim, Hashem. Hashem says, My words, which is my Torah, is like fire. My Ishin, Makabal, Toma, just as fire is impervious to Toma. After Devay Torah, Makabal, and Toma, so too the words of Torah are impervious to Toma. So there's no problem whatsoever from a Balkari. Learning Torah. So this is like a radical new kula. Until now, everyone has accepted the premise. All the, the Tanam. Huda and Masera is saying, no, no such thing. In fact, it seems to be that Tosas in Babakami even asked, he says, I don't understand. It wasn't a historical fact that Ezra was misfacking that Valkyrie can't learn. So, how is it that, you know, Huda and Masera is just saying there's no such decree? So, Tosas even suggests either it historically never happened, or if it was, it was abolished, or just that the people never accepted it. But whatever it is, we have the idea that, bottom line, there's no need to go to the mikvah. 
Says the Gemara, Amar Mitzvah Mishnah Mitzvah Yisak Gemara. You could elaborate on Mishnah, but not Gemara. Besides the Rabbi Loi, the supports Rabbi Loi. Amar Loi, Amar Achav Yaakov. Mishnah Rabbeinu Halacha. There's in fact Halacha Mitzvah Mishnah Mitzvah Yisak Gemara. You could elaborate on the Mishnah, but not the Gemara. Kitanoi. In truth, it's really Machlokas Tanoi. One opinion says Mitzvah Mishnah Mitzvah Yisak Gemara. Different Mayor. Mayor says go for Mishnah, not Gemara. Bidum and Gamliel. Mishnah Machanim and Gamliel. Zev says Aser. Both are Aser. For Amalos Zev and Mutter. One says they're both Aser, and one says they're both Mutter. Amalos Zev says Aser with Bilchon The opinion that they're both Aser with Bilchon Hasanto. That was the opinion back in the Brisa above that all forms of Torah Mutter we don't even let the guy come into the base magic. Amalos Zev and Mutter. The opinion that he could do anything is like Rudim and Misera. Rudim and Misera holds that different Torah not Makabel and Tumas. You can do whatever you like, do whatever you want. Says the Gemara. What's the what's the practice? Amar Nachman Bar Yitzchak Nog Al Makani Tlasabi. The world has a three minhagim. Our custom of the world is to go like three old men that are very kuladik. Like Rabbi Lai's position in Rishas Hagez, we'll discuss in a second. We'll discuss that in a second. And like in regard to Torah. So now the Gemara analyzes what these things are. So Rishas Hagez is the law that you have to give the first of your sharing to the coin. So most opinions hold that you have to do this regardless of whether you live in Israel or outside of Israel. It's not based upon the land. It's your sheep. You could have sheep in America as well. However, Rabbi Lai says, no, Rachel's a is only in Israel. It's not Rabbi Lai, or Rachel's a is on Halakha Ba'ars. And the world's practice is to be lenient like Rabbi Lai. Rabbi Yoshia, Bikhilayim, the, the world's practice is to be lenient like Rabbi Yoshia, but the world's Bikhilayim, the Chsiv Kamachos is Bikhilayim. Rabbi Yoshia, Omer Lolan, and Chayvach, is a Chita, so Rabbi Chayvach, and Apollos Yad. Big leniency, you're not allowed to plow grain in your vineyard. Says Rabbi Yoshia, the prohibition is only it happens if you do two types of grain. With a seed, with a with, with the grape seed, all in one throw. You simultaneously, you simultaneously take, let's say, wheat, barley, and a grape seed, and you throw them all down at the same moment. But that's the only way you violate it. But if you don't do it in that way, you don't violate the Isra of Kalim. So the world's custom is to be is to be makel like that opinion of Rabbi of Rabbi Ishiya. And what's the last thing? So the world's practice is simply to be lenient and not go to the mikvah at all, even if it's about carry, and simply daven and um, learn Torah regularly. Says the Markiyasa, Ziri Amar, but Lua Litvi Lasa, the whole Takana is gone. We have been nullified it. So that's basically what we were saying, that we pass on like we do him say. But Amri, a lot of people say, we have nullified the decree to wash your hands before davening. According to the opinion that we're about the need for immersion, that's the one like Rabbi Yudim Yisera that about Kerry doesn't have to go to the mikvah. Madam Rabbi Yudim Yisera, the opinion that they were about to Nitzil Sidaim, other Rav Chista lied to Madam Hadar, Madam Rabbi Yudah Tzalasa. Rabbi Yudah, Rav Chista would curse someone who would search for water at the time of davening because it's not so important. See, don't find the water, just go daven. So even though it's a takana that a person should wash her hands before davening, the Gemara seems to say that there was a bittel for the takana. And even though it's obviously a nice thing, but it's not necessarily required. Says the Gemara. So, so let me just clarify. We're going to learn now so many different, you know, opinions and leniencies within Tefillah's Ezra. But we have to keep in mind here, like, what's the base fundamental leniency? The, all the way on the bottom is Rehudim Mubsayr, who says, you don't have to do anything. This Kabbalah, this Takana never got off the ground. Just go regular. But there are all these Tanom who disagree with Rehudim Mubsayr, with, with the leniency. And they advise that you do go to the mikvah. Now, despite the fact that they advise you go to the mikvah, we still learn all sorts of leniency. So it says the Gemara Tan Rabban about Kerish Nasolav Tisha Kaab and Mayim Tahar. Even if he doesn't go to, a, he doesn't immerse in a mikvah, but he just gets, he, he, he rinsed upon his body nine kabim of water. He's good. He's tar. So the idea of nine kabim is that's like, it's basically like the minimum amount that you can rinse your body with. So 40 saw is the minimum amount of water that you can immerse with in a mikvah. But if you would just rinse your body with water, you, all you need is nine kabim. 
He whispered it to Rabbi Akiva, meaning the rabbis were reticent to publicize this huge leniency, so they whispered it to each other. Rabbi Akiva whispered it to Ben Azai, Ben Azai Yatza, but Ben Azai went out. He taught it publicly. So, some people say, like this version that we had, that Ben Azai taught it publicly, and another version was that he whispered it. Mazatani Shana, the one that says that he taught it publicly. Why did he want to spread this leniency that all you need is rinsing nine kabin as opposed to immersing in a mikvah? Mishum bitol Torah. Think about how much more Torah would be learned if people don't have to go to the mikvah first, right? It's very annoying to have to go to the mikvah every time you want to learn if you were about carry. So, in order to increase the amount of Torah, that's why the leniency was said. So everyone should know about it. Mishum bitol perivia. We want people to procreate more. Think about it. If every time you had to pro- you wanted to procreate, you have to you have, you have to think about the fact that hey, tomorrow morning before I go to Dafyomi, I've got to head to a mikvah. You'll think twice before. Uh, having relations. So in order to make sure that people didn't think like that, that wasn't what the mentality of people and they were able to just freely have relations um, with their wives. So there the rabbis null said you could do Tisha Kabbalah. But the opinion that he whispered it, like it wasn't a leniency that the rabbis wanted to share. The reason was, we don't want Tamil Chachamim just having relations like chickens with their wives, which means that like there should be a certain sense of discipline with how often relations is had. And this idea of Tefillah's Ezra actually helped that. It helped that people weren't just like animals. So therefore, we didn't want to spread the word that, um, that one is allowed to have Tisha Kabin, despite the fact that that is the halacha. I just found this Gemara fascinating because Ben Azai, the Gemara in Yavamos tells us, was celibate. He actually never was married. So some of the svaras, some of the ideas that he's saying, you might wonder how it, you know, impacted his idea he was never married. Says the Gemara, I've heard of all these leniencies. I've heard of people who are stringent. Anyone who is stringent to go to the mikvah when he's a Valkyrie and not rely on the leniencies, he merits longevity. So that's a beautiful thing, even though by technically you don't have to, but going to the mikvah is still a very good thing. Says Rabbi Shuvan Levi, why are people going to the mikvah in the morning? So the Mar says, what's the reason? Shuvan Levi, yesterday's daf, he was the one who provided us the source from the Torah for why it's all about Kari Kandler and Torah. Remember, Shuvan Levi's source was that it said, uh, next to Harsina, Yomashlav it talked about learning Torah. So he said that just as over there they couldn't have a Balkari, was also learned Torah. So too, uh, for all generations, Balkari shouldn't learn Torah. So what was he bothered by? So the Gemara says, Halfi this is what he was bothered by. Mativa Marbam saw. Why is everybody trying to find a real mikvah? Everybody Tisha Kabin. Just pour Tisha Kabin on your body. And another question, why are people trying to, you know, Immerse, you could just rinse. That's the point. 40 saw you need immersion. Nine cob, and all you need is rinsing. So the Gemara explains. Okay, so that was his perspective. By the way, I should mention there's a big dispute about whether Tisha Kabin can be fulfilled with a shower. There are many opinions that simply taking a shower fulfills the need for Tisha Kabin. It's not so clear that those who did agree, those who didn't agree. The Rabbah seems to have a modified opinion where even Tisha Kabin, he feels Allah is nullified, but he does still recommend uh, clean, cleaning one's body, and that definitely can be fulfilled. Uh, with a shower. Says the Gemara, Khanina says like this, even though, again, we have all these leniencies, it's a beautiful thing to do it. Why? He once was trying to convince a woman uh, to sleep with him, and evidently he wasn't his wife. You know, he was trying to sin. So Amr she said to him, Reka, you empty person. What, you have, you have a mikvah right next door that you're just going to hop in right afterwards? Meaning here, you're about to sin. 
but what about going to the mikvah afterwards? And what happened when, when she said that? Miyad Pirish, he stopped. So it's a fascinating gemar. Someone wanted to sin and have some, you know, forbidden relations, but he didn't do it because he was nervous about the, finding a mikvah afterwards before he'd head back to the base measures. So the gemar is saying, we see from here the concept that it actually can help prevent from sin and therefore it's commendable. Says the he says to them, I don't understand. Why is everybody so lenient? What's going on? If it's because going to the mikvah is cold, why can't you just go in a bathhouse? Just go in hot water, any hot water. You don't really even need a mikvah. What does that mean? You gotta go. If you gotta go in a mikvah, you gotta go in a mikvah. You can't go in the bathhouse. Holds like you. We'll see more about this on the Gemara of the Ahmed Base. We'll understand a little bit better what the controversy in going in a bathhouse with hot water as opposed to a regular mikvah. We'll see more when we learn the Gemara of the Ahmed Base about that. He was once sitting in a bath. He was in a bath. Um, so he says to his bring Tishakabin and rinse, rinse me with Tishakabin. He was about carry. So Why do you need to be rinsed with Tishakabin? You're sitting in Tishakabin. Meaning, he may not have been in a mikvah, but what do you want? To get rinsed with Tishakabin? You're sitting in Tishakabin. So maybe sitting in Tishakabin could also work. So Amalei, no. Kerabam saw. Tishakabin, the efficacy of Tishakabin is like the efficacy of 40 saw. Marabam saw betfila below minasina. Just as 40 saw has its law that it has to be immersion and not rinsing. If someone gets 40 saw poured over them, that's worthless. Af Tishakabin, so too for the law of Tishakabin. Benesina below betfila. It works with rinsing and not with immersion. So each one is its, is its own category. 40 saw is immersion and not rinsing. Tishakabin has to be rinsing and not immersion. So it doesn't work if you're sitting in Tishakabin. You have to have Tishakabin rinsed upon you. Says the Gemara, Rav Nachman talking chatzvavas tishakab, and Rav Nachman in his base medrash, he instituted like he put, he measured out a, a cup of nine kabin, and he put it by the door of the base medrash, so all tamidim would be able to clean themselves, would rinse themselves with tishakab, before they would come learn. So he also revdimi amar Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yehuda Glustar, Amrul Hashan Elacholu Onso. This kula that you can use nine kabin as opposed to immersing in a real mikvah was only. It depends how the the, the how the zera came out. If it was a weak person. And it was not a willing seeing of seed. Then we're lenient that you can have Tishakabin. But even if it's a weak person, if he willingly brought himself to seed, he had it, willingly had an act of relations, for example, then our bomb saw, then you still need 40 saw. So these rabbis were coming into the base medrash. Maybe they're weak. And generally we consider the rabbanon like cholim because they were weak people. But nonetheless, if they willingly brought themselves to relations and they saw carry, well then, it doesn't suffice for them to have the kula of Tishakab and they have to go to a real mikvah. So the Gemara says in Rav Yosef, that teaching broke, broke the cup of Rav Nachman, meaning it's worthless to have the, the cup of Tishakab because the only time you can use nine kabin is when it was an unwilling seeing of Sarah. And that's very infrequent. Most of the time that the people were coming to this Madrash, they willingly had brought themselves to Sarah and they actually have to go to a real, a real mikvah. Says the Gemara, Kiyosa Rabin Omar, Bu'usha have the Uvdal, the Gemara's historian, Usha. Bekila, Kila is like a foyer. To Ravoshi, Ravoshi, also Vishalu Rabasi, they asked him this question Could about carry him tire himself for Torah by, by, with nine kabin? So Omar Lui said to them, Lo Shanu El Lechola Hamargil. Chola Hamargil, a weak person who brings himself willingly could use Tisha Kabin. But a Chola who unwillingly saw a seed, Pasar Miklum, he doesn't have to do anything. So this opinion is saying more lenient. A chola who saw it unwillingly doesn't have to do anything. A chola who did it willingly could suffice for nine kabin. The whole immersion thing is only for strong people. So Amar Yosef, it's the Rav Nachman. So now we've restored this cup of Rav Nachman because now the rabbis have what to rely on 
even if they willingly brought themselves to seed, they still have what to rely on to use Tishakab and not a mikvah because they are considered to be weak people. So it comes out, it's a dispute in the Gemara. If a weak person willingly brings himself to Zerah, does it suffice for Tishakab or do they have to go to a mikvah? Um, that is a dispute. So now the Gemara asks, let's understand. They're all arguing ultimately about what Ezra said. How do we like lose the tradition about what Ezra said? Like, let's just look at what the Takana was. How did the dispute come to be? So the Gemara answers, Amar Abai, Ezra teaking Labari Amargo Memsa. Ezra's Takana was a healthy person who willingly brings himself to see needs to go to a mikvah, immerse in a mikvah of 40 saw. Ubari Laonso Tishakabin. And a bari who unwillingly sees seed is allowed to use Tishakabin. Also Amarai Upligi. Now the Amarai came and they argued. Bechola, regarding a weak person. There's no distinction between sick people and healthy people. The same way. Healthy people have the split between willing seed and unwilling seed. Willing seed is 40 saw, unwilling seed is Tishakab, and so too, so, uh, uh, so too, uh, weak people have the same thing. Willing seed is 40 saw, unwilling seed is Tishakab. Achola is a step down, more lenient. So Achola willingly brings himself to seed is like a bar you saw it unwilling that you could have Tishakab. And Achola who saw it unwillingly, Pater Miklum, is completely Pater. So that explains it. Ezra never spoke about what you do if you're for a chola. The Ramarom are arguing about the status of a chola. Says the Gemara, According to what we're saying, Ezra himself spoke about the possibility of Tisha Kabin. But Rava says that's not true. He was Masak and immersion. Ezra never instituted himself this leniency of using Tisha Kabin. That didn't come from him. Rather, Rava clarifies. Ezra Tikin Memsa. Ezra said one thing. A strong person who brings himself willingly to seed needs immersion. That's all he said. And the rabbis added something else. That a bari, even if he unwillingly sees a mission, he needs Tishakabin. Then also Then Amaram came along later and argued about the sick person. There's no distinction between the weak and the strong. And therefore, the din is that by both a cholan and a bari. If it was willing, they need 40 saw. If it was unwilling, it's tishakabin. Umar sa, everyone knows, the bari amargo mem saw. For a bari who willingly brought himself to see this 40 saw, but chola amargo kabari laonso, which is only tishakabin. However, if it was a weak person who unwillingly saw a seed, Patamiklum, he's exempt from everything. So same outcome in the dispute. The only difference that Rav is making is that in the original thing, Ezra himself, all he said is that Bari HaMargo needs to bring needs immersion in 40 saw. He never spoke about a Bari that's not Margo. That was a later institution of the rabbis. And then afterwards, now the Amarav are arguing about the Chola. How do we pass? Can Amarav the law, Bari Hamargo, Vachola Hamargo, both the Bari and the Chola who bring themselves to seed are bomb saws, 40 saw. Bari Lonzo Tisha Kabin, a Bari who unwillingly sees seed in Tisha Kabin, Avalachola Onzo Patamiklo, Machola Onzo is Potter. Is Potter completely? So we kind of get a compromise. Interesting thing. It's a it's a compromise. Now, as Rashi points out, everyone has to calm down because we saw the Gemara on the Amid Aleph that actually our minigas to follow Rabbi Yudav and you don't have to do anything at all. That's what makes this learning this Gemara so difficult. Is that we always know in the back of our heads as we're going through what you have to do and what you don't have to do that af- actually at the end of the day we're not going to have to do anything because we'd be passing like Rabbi Yudav all of this is just before the halacha was settled at that point, the Yudam And the halacha was, in fact, in the middle that you should try to do. We're trying to figure out exactly where they cut the leniencies. But ultimately, after everything settles, one is allowed to be lenient, even like Yudam 
Says the Gemara, Tan Rabbanan. Ba'al Kerish Nosel Tisha Kaban, Ba'al Kerish Tisha Kaban, Ritz with Tisha Kaban, Mayim Tar, becomes Tar. By Medvar Mum La'atzma. That's all where he's coming to learn Torah himself. If he's coming to teach Torah to other people, he's going to come and say it out loud for other people's behalf, Arbaum saw. Then we're more strict and we require 40 saw. So that's a new variable. If you're using Torah for other people, then you have to be a greater state of purity. The concept here is very strong. To teach Torah to other people, you have to be in a greater state of purity. In any situation, it's 40 saw. So meaning Rabbi Yudah is saying, uh, even for yourself, you need 40 saw, but he's still saying, any type of 40 saw. We'll see what any type of 40 saw means to say. So now the Gemara brings a dispute. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shuvah, Levi, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanina. Four names. Rabbi Yochanan, Shuvah, Levi, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanina. Chad me'ah yizuga v'ayizuga. One of each pair are Reisha. Chad Amar one said, "How the Amar ben Medvar Mamum la'atzma." This that you said was only for yourself. Alachem b'msaah, but for others, when you're teaching other people, you need forty saw. Lo shana l'chol ha'margo. That's all true for a chole who brings himself willingly. Avol l'chol onto, but a chole who unwillingly sees tisha kaven. Then all you need is tisha kaven. That's even if he's teaching Torah to other people, but if the way he saw a seed was la'onso, the chol la'onso, all he needs is tisha kaven. Echadam, I once said, kol la'achirim, if you're teaching Torah to other people, I feel chol la'onso, even if it was an unwilling seed that was seen by chol la'adikim emsal, you always need 40 saw. So that's an interesting dispute. So they're arguing this chumrah, that when you teach Torah to other people, you need 40 saw, is that even true on a chol la'onso? Echadam, ayizuka, ba'adam, ayizuka, ha'seifa, and then there was another dispute. This that rebuked says no matter what you need forty saw meaning even when you're talking learning, t- learning Torah for yourself you need forty saw lo yes you need a mikvah it better be in the karka you can't immerse in kalim you can't go in a bathtub the mikvah has to be in a water can't be in kalim I'm sorry it can't be in it can't be in kalim it can't be in a tub it can't be in a vessel it has to be in the ground it has to be a bona fide mikvah. Not true. One can even immerse in kalim. So this is a tremendous kula because normally a mikvah has to be directly fallen, right? The rainwater into the mikvah. It has to be in the karka. Here we're seeing a leniency that even if you need immersion in 40 saw, but there's a one opinion that it can be done in kalim. Says the Gemara, it's good according to the opinion that it can even be done in a vessel. That's what the language of Rida. You could use 40 saw, but any type of 40 saw, meaning even 40 saw, that are now in Kalim. Elamadam Rakaka in Bekalim Lo, but according to the opinion that there has to be in a mikvah that's in the ground, not in Kalim, Mikomakom Lasuyamai. So, what does Rabbi Yudah mean, any type of mikvah? Bottom line is it's strict. You need a real mikvah that's in the ground. Says Gemara Lasuyamai Shuvim to include Mayim that was drawn, meaning normally rainwater has to fall directly into the ground. And if it's caught in a bucket and poured from the bucket into the ground, that's no good. But by this type of mikvah, by this type of immersion, Philas Ezra for Balakari, you can be more lenient. And if it was caught first in, in a cup and then poured into the ground, that would also suffice. So ultimately, there's a dispute if this men's mikvah here for Balakari needs to be, um, everybody agrees you could have Mayim Shuvim, but the question is if it could even be in Kalim or it has to be that the mikvah is placed um, in the ground. So you already start seeing some of these things like a swimming pool or something like that, how that would impact the halacha for a men's mikvah. You see this right here in the Gemara. Says the Gemara, in other words, so like for example, like a nida to go into into, into a swimming pool, that's not going to be good. But 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 for a men's mikvah, it would be okay. Says the Gemara, Papa Ravuna b'Dei Rishua, v'Rava Shmuel Kirich Rivda Adadi. They won't broke bread together. Amalei Rava Havalu Didi Levarich. I should be the one to lead the benching. Did not follow Tisha Gabin because even though I was a Balkari, but I got Tisha Gabin Prince Dami, so I'm pure. So I should be the one to lead the benching. Remember that back in the day when they would lead the benching, one person would bench, everybody else would be Yotze through him. So I'm a little rabbi bar shmuel, tanina, I'm a little rabbi bar shmuel, 
Nine cop and only suffices for you teaching Torah to yourself. Avachir memsar when you're teaching for other people. Whenever you're being motzi someone else, you need four to full immersion. So if you're going to lead the benching for us, it doesn't suffice that you got rinsed nine kavan. You need more. And the rather havalu didi levark. I should get benching. The nafu la abram saw. I in fact went and immersed in a mikvah forty saw. Actually, I'm better than all of you. The league got a little high below high. I didn't even see Kerry. You guys saw Kerry and you tried purifying yourselves. I didn't see Kerry at all. So I'm, I'm the most pure. So I should be the one to lead the bench. He says the Gemara of Chama. On Erev Pesach, he would go to a full-fledged mikvah and not rely on rinsing with Tisha Kaben because he was going to be Motzi the Rabbim, I guess either with the Haggadah or the Parachos or the Hala, whatever exactly on Seder night he was going to be Motzi them with. So he would be mocked to go into a mikvah. But this says the Gemara three words, Allah is not like him. What does it mean that Allah is not like him? Well, the way Rashi ultimately learns is because again, we ask him like Rehud of Embesera. So after all is said and done, all this doesn't matter because since we're making like Rehud of Embesera, that Divrei Torah, not Makablam Tumah, then we don't have a problem. Uh, we don't have a problem. We don't have a reason to go to the mikvah anymore. Just to mention, this idea of not going to the mikvah anymore, it's machlok as a if that's only for Torah because remember that Allah of Rehud of Embesera, he said, well, Torah is not Makablam Tumah. But what about Davening? So some Rishonim said, even like Rehidah ben Maseyah, if you're going to daven, you have to go to a mikvah. However, the halacha is, in the Ramah Paskins, Shulchanara Paskins, that even for davening, you don't need to go to the mikvah. And that's bottom line halacha. So bottom line halacha, after all is said and done, the takeaway is, you don't really have to go to the mikvah for anything. But as we saw in the Gemara, even though you don't have to, uh, it does seem to be good to have something. The Ramam recommends cleansing. There are those who recommend Tishakabin. And obviously, if you can even do more than that, Matovah Manoam, there certainly definitely are segulots for going to the mikvah as well. Says the Mishnah. Somebody is in the middle of davening and suddenly he realizes, hey, I'm a Balkari. I never went to the mikvah. And again, the Mishnah is not relying on Yudhim so Balkari is not allowed to daven. So Lo Yafsik, he doesn't have to stop Eli Yikatsu. He's allowed to just shorten his Shmona Esri and finish. Once he started, he's right in the middle. He doesn't have to stop. Yard Litzvah, let's say now we're totally changing gears. A guy goes to the mikvah and the Zman for the latest time to say Shema is almost over. So, if he's able to get out, jump out, get dressed, dry himself before the sun will rise, it sounds like from this mission that the latest time to say Shema is sunrise, the Gemara will analyze that. Then he should get out of the water. In other words, he shouldn't say Shema in the water. He should get out of the water, go get dressed and reach Shema. But what if he does that, he'll miss the time to say Shema. So then, you know what? He could just cover himself in the water and read. Meaning, even though there's a halacha, and this is what the whole next gemaras are going to be about, that a person is not allowed to do something holy when there's nakedness or something dirty around. That's the next sugyas. But as long as he's covered in the water, that's an acceptable position to read the Shema. But not with waters that are, you know, putrid, that smell bad, or that flax was soaked in, because those smell. Actually, until you put in more water, that you're not allowed to say Shema in disgusting water. How far away do you have to be from something gross or from excrement before you recite the Shema? Four Amos. Dalat Amos. You have to be at least four Amos away from something disgusting before reciting the Shema. Says the Gemara Tanur Rabbanu in a bright soul, elaborates how Yomid Batila person in the middle of Davin Mitzvah Shubalkeri remembers that he's a Balkari and hadn't gone to the mikvah. Lo Yafsik, he doesn't have to stop. Eli Yakatri could just make an abridged version. Hayakar Batara, let's say someone is an Aliyah, he's in the middle of leaning the Torah Shubalkeri, remembers he's Balkari. Eno Mafsik Lola, he doesn't have to stop and leave. Ela Megam Gimbakari, he could just read it very short, very quick, skip some words, it almost seems like just mumble them and and leave. He can't read more than three psalm, three psalm minimum, and then stop. 
Let's say someone's davening. We're at second egg. Suddenly he discovers that there's actually some excrement around him. He can't daven next to excrement. So what's the din? You should move in the middle of davening four amos up until the excrement will be four amos behind him and then daven. Iva Tani let's start then. A bride says he doesn't have to move ahead of the tzoa, ahead of the excrement. He could just move to the side. Says the more lokasha, dafsha, dulo, dafsha. If possible, move ahead of the tzoa, where it's literally behind you. If impossible, at least to the side for Amos. So it sounds like from this bride saw that, that if, if bidi evet, if as long as you move, once you discover the excrement, it would be okay. It would be okay. But now the Gemara elaborates more. Somebody is davening and he finds excrement in his place. And the Rishonim explained that here, he found excrement like right where he was in a place that he should have checked. He should never have been so negligent to start praying without checking for excrement. Again, in our times, we don't usually have excrement where we're praying. We have, you know, indoor plumbing. But in the Gemara's times, obviously, it was, it was, it was a legitimate concern. So he didn't check and he's negligent. Suddenly he's in the middle of Shemona Esra and he realizes that there's excrement there. Amar Rabba, Afabi Shachati, even though he has sinned, Tefal sends Tefillah. But the evidence, Tefillah still works. Ma'ask of Larava, Azebra Prashon to Eva. No way. He's negligent for not checking. That's an abomination. El Amarava, Ovachata, since he didn't check, he was negligent. Afabi Shachati, even though he prayed Tefal to Eva, it's an abomination. He's not Yotze davening. He's got to daven again. So again, the Rishonim are explaining, if you find the excrement in a place that you didn't have to check, you just notice it like weird in a weird place, then you move away, but you're still Yotze davening. But if you find it in a place where you were negligent from checking, then you're not Yotze davening, even B'diyavit. Tanarab Banam, we learned in a price, you're open to someone is in the middle of davening, a mind shows in a bear cup, you urinate. So urine isn't as disgusting as excrement. It's only Midrab Banan that you can't have urine during davening. So posake, you should still stop. Until, until all the, you know, the stream stops and there's no longer so wet. Then, you could resume prayer. To where do you go back? Meaning he had to take a break while the urine was flowing and drying. So how, where does he go back when, once he stops? Right? One says he has to go all the way back to the beginning of Shemona right? It's a half sick because he had to interrupt. He has to go all the way back to the beginning. One opinion says that he just can resume at the place that he is up to.